Ryanair's fucking awful, isn't it? I'm <laughs> <laughs> no, not beating around the bush on this one. Fuck Ryanair. No, let's go. No, I'll just. We, we're not about. We don't have a big audience, but I'll just say it. Five minutes before we went live, we just got a message that they have moved all the flights for the stag do we're going on by a day, without even a fucking notification. Uh, so yeah, a bit annoying. Uh, the problem is that the Simpsons title for this episode was going to be "We Deserve This." We are nature's greatest miracle. But now I feel like it's about the flights. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, Sorry, anyway, I'm, I'm uh, picturing Jesse shouting, I am nature's greatest miracle. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going all of his stuff. <laughs> Just before look, before we get into anything serious, was he doing Booyakasha or was, I believe... he, or was he doing air guitar? You're the only, well, you're not the only person because I know they said it on the match ball on the square balls feed. But mm. yeah, it's clearly not air guitar because that's not what an air guitar looks like. However, this is you who does the worst air guitar of anyone I've ever met in my life. I don't know, mate. When you strum, you just move your hand up and down. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's how it works. Changing notes with the right hand while playing a right-handed guitar. Yeah, um, fine. So, yeah, that was an old star. I'm Jack, as always, John Dacese. Uh, fuck Reiner. Yeah, fuck Reiner. <laughs> Um Liverpool won, Leeds United 2. Well, I didn't see that coming. Well... <laughs> I was entirely confident throughout. I just, yeah. just, just watched the highlights back, to be honest, just to to recap. And, and the glory oh, of think... Joe Gomez's defending for, for five seconds is, is wonderful. Yeah, I mean, we'll t- we won't be able to keep this chronological, but it is funny that, like, the first minute we have a defensive howler, Cooper runs back into Melier. And they're getting each other's way. It's so Kiko and Cooper from the Derby playoff game. Like it's I, I love Liam Cooper, but at some <laughs> point you start to think, this is a you problem, Liam. This is a you problem. Yeah, they, it was a bad bit of communication, but we got away with it. Uh, but then, well, up the other end, about four minutes in, Brendan Aronson gets in behind Trent because Trent is pushed up high because that's what Liverpool always do. But Joe Gomez, to his credit, tracks the run really well. Allenson tries to go by him. Gomez dispossesses him. Piece of piss. And all he's got to do is either... Oh. Ha- well, I'd say have a look. He doesn't actually need to have a look if he plays the back pass anything like well. Because he... I've just noticed watching it earlier. So once... Sort of the second before he passes, Aronson has gone... on sort of gone to the inside. So if again if he gets his head up, he can either one actually look to see where his goalkeeper is stood, or he can just turn in the opposite direction and have the freedom of the right hand side. <laughs> no. No. Plays a completely blind back pass, plays it well inside Allison, who slips. Uh and then the funniest angle is the one from a bit further away, where you see that Virgil van Dijk is just looking in the opposite fucking direction. <laughs> I mean, Rodrigo does not react quickly. But, but he's, van Dijk he's, got about, is so... he's got about three yards by the time van Dijk notices. And by yeah. then, it's too late. Yeah. Rodrigo runs in, tapping, 1-0. Away end goes mental. Airbar, which is where we watched the game, for... First time in a long time I've been in there. Goes mental. Uh, 
it was a great start. But the thing that I really found amazing was Alisson putting his hand up to apologise to Joe Gomez. Despite the fact that that is clearly Joe Gomez's fault. Like, goalkeepers are meant to stand to the side of the goal. You're not supposed to put a back pass on target. Because if he slips in the middle of his goal... It's a goal. If it, instead well, no, of a corner. what I imagine would happen is he slips, he picks it up and no back pass is given, such as such is life. Um, and, yeah. the, and the pointlessness of the back pass rule these days. But yeah. I hark back to a simpler time. So when, when we go 1-0 up, also, like I had said, I can't believe that he's picked Rodrigo over Bamford. God, I wish we'd started Bamford, because if Bamford would have had that and got to score from three yards, maybe he'd have had some confidence. <laughs> let's not let's not start tempting fate now. Like there's 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 an there's an alternate universe where Bamford is looking to see where Virgil Van Dyke is looking as well. Yeah, true. It's um, like, oh, well, there must at... be something interesting over there. Oh no, I've missed it. At one we go one nil up. At that point, do you have any confidence that it's gonna go out? No, because at some point we're gonna have to defend. <laughs> and as as has been proven often this season, it's not our strong suit. No, uh, we haven't had much strong suit this year. But in this game, we we really did play some good stuff. Uh, I think Firmino had a decent chance just before the goal, but cross uh, then it's about what fifteen minutes. In it's not long, it's about 10 minutes after our goal. Cross comes in, but Melier comes for, doesn't quite get there. And then it comes out to Robertson. If you look at Melier, his starting position is like almost beyond the near post. He's come across a bit too far. Good cross back in from Robertson. Salah doesn't hit it that cleanly, but gets it on target. Mm-hmm. Melier almost gets there, gets a hand on it, but he can't quite keep it out. Melier is a little bit out of position on the cross which I would say is big enough to probably constitute a small error. It's fair to say he made up for that as the game went on. <laughs> yeah, the the marking situation was fairly lax at that point yeah. as well. Because I think they it seemed to, like... They seem to have roughly 3v1. Yeah, <laughs> I, I remember rightly, it seems to be... I think it's like Robin Cock who is just left stranded in an ocean of red shirts. Because mm. um, I think it looks at first like... Fabinho's going to win the header. And then I think it just sort of dips just behind him. Mm. And yeah, Salah... And it's not a particularly clean finish from Salah either, but it goes in. So Yeah. One of them where it didn't have to be. So long as no. he got it on target, there was a pretty decent chance it went in. Uh, but one apiece, and you think, all right, here we go. Mm. And then mm. after that goal... That this was the bit where I thought, oh no, we are actually playing quite well. Was after the goal because we sort of really played his way into it. Got the ball down well, played some good stuff. This is where you got unlucky on your you got unlucky on your bet. Mm. Uh, you know, really good crossfield free kick. I think it was was it Cooper to Christensen or Strout to Christensen? I think it was Cooper. Takes a good touch, sure. great great cross. Aronson volley hits the bar. It's a great effort. It's incredibly harsh because I've heard several different pieces of media talking about how we should have scored that. Um, like, first time volley on your weak side coming across you. It's an incredibly hard finish. You've done well. Yeah. I I, I think the, the thing that's quite nice about that is it's not particularly been a position we've actually seen Christensen get into much this season is and put, like 
I can't recall too many crosses going into the box like that, but it was inch perfect was that cross. Like it gets yeah. above the Liverpool defenders at the front post, dips perfectly for Aronson to run onto. And, and yeah, he's, he's kind of got to run onto it for a side foot volley. But um, I think there was a slight, I think there was a couple of people saying that there might have been a, a push from Gomez in his back, but I, I, it looked like a decent enough challenge to me from him. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I, I definitely wouldn't have said there was enough in it to give out. But we also had a good break where uh, Rodrigo played in Harrison down the right and he had a really good chance. A chance that, for my money, was probably a better chance than the Aronson one. And it was a, it was on his weak side, but it was a pretty weak finish. Yeah, it was a very savable height. Like, it needed to be lower into the corner or smash it into the top corner. But yeah. Um, no, we, we were getting into, I don't want to say with regularity, but we were finding, I mean, compare it to, it's a tough one because I, you know, I understand that the situation we were in at that point last season, but when we went to Anfield last year, our best chance was a disallowed goal for offside. And that might have been it. Oh, I think that was the only good chance we created. And yeah. it was actually, weirdly, it was a really, really good move as well where we played yeah. his way right through. Um, but no, like, we... I, th- I think this is this is one of the games where we've had a percent, you know, possession in the 30s. Hmm. But, like, I wouldn't say... Like, a, a lot of Liverpool's touches were in their own half and around the halfway line. Like, yes, they obviously had chances, but... I don't think there was any point where you'd say we were penned in. No, not really. I I definitely wouldn't go as far as that. We were never, we never didn't have any threat, Mm. which is a good sign. It wasn't just like 10 men behind the ball, just try to hold it up. There was always something there. I mean, and yeah, they did have chances. Obviously, we'll just like, they got Nunes in behind twice. Melier did brilliantly on both of them. I think it was the first one where he came out, but sort of timed it well and made a slide tackle, basically. Yeah, I think he looks up for all the world like he's about to go down, and he just sort of holds off for a second. Mm. And I think Nunes takes that time to to take an extra touch, and then yeah, as he as he goes in, it it turns into a slide tackle instead. Mm. Um, yeah, and really well judged. Had... Yeah, I can say, and he also had the one where he just slid out and made the save. Good one v one wise. Uh, Nunes is a weird player. Like he's such a threat, but also makes really strange decisions. <laughs> is is he is he a wide forward? Because that seems to be where he gets used. But for his size, he he's built like a centre forward anyway. Yeah, he seems to. Drift left a lot, doesn't he? Mm. It's it's an odd one. I feel like it's one of them where if he gets Steve Morrison, if you play him in the middle and he drifts there to create the space, it's fine. But if you just stick him out there, uh, it's not as good. Yeah, it was a yeah. He is an odd player, but he'll probably end up scoring a shitload of goals eventually. I mean, his record's been quite good. Fair enough. They've had a they had a few other decent. Like decent openings, but my other main one was the Firmino header, which uh, Melier saved well and managed to grab the rebound before anyone got there. Uh, and but once we'd got to that late stage, 
I wouldn't say that it is sort of fair play to Marsh on this because it would have been very easy to, with 10, 15 minutes left, start making really defensive changes to try and hold on to the point. It would have been very, very easy to do that. I mean, I think you can say it was it was fairly surprising when you look at someone like Jack Harrison coming off when it's the, the, the choice is basically between him and Somerville. Mm. Um, and I know Somerville was set to come off. But I, I think by the time Luke Ayling is coming on, which which ends up being, what, the 88th minute or whatever uh, No, Ayling comes on for Somerville just after the goal. Yeah, when was when was the goal? Was it in stoppage time then? Uh, it, it's down, the subs down as ninety plus one. Some of those goal eighty nine. Okay, so so yeah, it's, it's, he's gonna like. But if the plan is to bring him on with however much stoppage time is left, basically the last five minutes, I, I, I fully understand that at, at that yeah. stage. Um, yeah, well, I mean, yeah. do it, going massively defensive at two one, absolutely fine. But I oh, I was well, I, I honestly he, thought. He was coming. I think he was coming on regardless because I think when you see the angles, Luke Ayling is on the touchline, ready to come on before the goal ah, is mate. scored. So I think yeah. he he's coming on anyway, whether it's for Somerville or not. But it would have been it'd have been a strange time it, to go. You know what? Let's put in a different right back for the last five minutes. Um, yeah, to be honest, I didn't actually notice that Ayling was ready to come on. But um, yeah. no, that's no at that stage it would have been fair enough anyway. But but like you say, if if you get to fifteen minutes left at Anfield and you think, yeah, we'll put another body in at the back. It's not the most unreasonable decision. No, but fair play to Marsh for not doing that and keeping us having that little bit of a threat. Because we also had, you know, the annoying thing about XG, zero for this. I mean, Bamford was played clean for one goal Hmm. and just took as nearly as bad a touch as Furpo took a penalty the (laughs) last night. It was... There was still a threat there. But then, I mean, we should talk about the goal because it was it was fucking brilliant. Um, Leeds still really pressing at that stage. That was the thing that I love to see because the past, what, six weeks, we've had quite a few games where we've pressed well for half an hour and other teams have then gone over it. But we've also dropped off in terms of his energy. It looked like, and we didn't at all in this, but we're just going and going, and we're pressing into that, like their right, their right back area. We've got four bodies pressing, forces a weak clearance, which Tyler Adams intercepts, uh, plays it out to Nonto. That little turn where he flicks it with his head and turns round mm. is really good. Goes into the corner, but more importantly, goes into the corner and drags three Liverpool players with him which means that there is space. Good low ball into Bamford, who does a great excellent, layoff. Excellent layoff by Pat Bamford. Yeah, not a bad first touch at all. Uh, I, th- I think the defence, I will try to give him of that touch is that he's possibly trying to, to if he's thinking he doesn't have the space on the ground, to tee it up to try and go for the volley. Yeah. Maybe. Which, you know, I admire the confidence if that's what it was. Yeah, it was... A... I'm struggling for goals, you know what, I'm seeing myself up here. Yeah, but it, it loops it into the air, awkward height for Somerville. And in the space of what seems to be about half a second, Tex free, Tex brings it down, Tex a touch out of his feet and puts it into the far corner with the outside of his right foot. 
it's a, it's a really good finish. It is one that Allison will probably think he should save. But I think he's caught out by how quickly he hits it. The actual shot itself isn't that amazing. It's that he gets it off so quickly. And if you don't give a keeper time to set, set themselves, then it always makes it way harder for them. And, I mean, cue fucking pandemonium everywhere. It was, it was brilliant. It was one of the best... One of the best moments. Like It's definitely the best one of the season. I mean, if we'd scored against Arsenal, we'd had something to compare it against, but um, that never came. So yeah, it's it was it was fantastic. Like it's that outside of the foot from from Somerville as well, and it, like you say, Allison probably should do better because the the angle is narrow enough that I think he should get across to that. Yeah, but it, it like you say, it just he he does so much. In, shut, in such a small space of time when he gets that ball. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd like, again, fair, fair play to Jesse for leaving him on because Harrison would have been the more defensive of the two, the one that's going to drop deeper and be more useful as a, you know, out of possession. But, you know, he had a good game and deserved to play as long as he did. Like, and, yeah. and I think ultimately, um, you, when we get into the the talk for the Bournemouth game, like he definitely has to be in contention at this point. Well, because you've been at work all day, I don't know if you've seen Jesse's. Press oh, conference. I have seen no, I have seen no press conference notes right. or anything well, like that. So well, I will be going into that blind. There will be some news that will make you decide whether or not Somerville is going to start. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, no, you're right about the decision to take Harrison off because I'm on the record as being a massive fan of Somerville. And I did put on Twitter, wow, it's nice for once to be right about something. <laughs> uh, but like, in because it's away at Anfield and you're going to be up against it, if it had been me, I'd have taken Somerville off and left Harrison on. Yeah. And I'd have been wrong. Like, it, it got it, you, he got it dead right. You know how, obviously, we hold the, you know, first game back in the Premier League, we won at Anfield. Yeah. It was really nice that Chris, uh, sorry, Chrysentio Somerville scored his first Premier League goal at Anfield. Yeah. We just... Uh, yeah, because the other <laughs> one just didn't happen. No one, no, ultimately, no one cared about that one. It wasn't as fun. So, yeah, he got... Not even Premier him. <laughs> no, no. So he, he celebrated like he'd scored his first Leeds goal. Lovely, you know, a fair, yeah, fair play to him. What is it? What was it? His 21st birthday on, on the Sunday yeah. as well. Like... What a moment for him. Because I think we all looked and went, like, obviously you were a big fan of him and he had been making excellent progress in the in the 23s last year. Mm. And then he gets the number 10 shirt and you went, all right, that seems a bit much, but <laughs> sure, why not? Um, but he, he and his appearances so far this season... You can't fault him. Like he was, he was probably our best player against Leicester, which, which again, I'm, you know, is not, a, you know, a terrific accomplishment in and of itself. But you know, he started that and was reasonably effective at times. Mm. Fulham, he's come off, he's he's come on and got a goal, yeah. and then you know, big start against Liverpool, Anfield, and played really well, and got another goal. Yeah. It's a uh... 
it, you can definitely now consider it a breakthrough. And it's just whether we can keep it going. I I think Helder Costa should be worried at this point. That yeah, I don't think he's go- I don't think he's going to come back from this loan and and push for a place. Yeah, people are now, and it is fair, and it is fair enough to have waited until this. People have now stopped saying we should never have let Dan James go out. On <laughs> Which not- it is still it is still weird that we did that, but people are less bothered now. <laughs> yeah. The- I mean, the whole Dan James thing is it would, could be a, a podcast in and of itself at, the, at this point when he ends up leaving at the end of the season. The uh, That depends <laughs> on what league we're in, mate. It'll be massively <laughs> effective in the championship. Uh, uh, but you know what? We could have used... It, it, it's a massive win. Gets us out of the relegation zone. Gives us something to build on. Just hopefully we can take advantage. But, you know, we could have we still used Dan James in the squad. Away at crew in the Papa John's. So, so I again, as usual, I haven't seen this game. All I have to go off is we seem to put out a pretty strong team, especially your front four. Very solid team there. But an Italian international is playing in the Johnson's Pay Trophy. Uh, yeah, yeah Cooks we have... in there, Furpo's in there. Dramas in there, um, so so it's a decent team we put out, and 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 the results itself isn't what I take issue with for the most part because you know you, you're playing against you know you got a lot of young lads who are playing against seasoned professionals of of varying degrees. Um, was it the worst penalty shootout imaginable? It's definitely the worst one that I've ever seen. Did it, f- it finish 2-1 on penalties? Uh, yeah, 2-1 after five. Also, just before I forget, do you want to feel re- do you want to feel really, 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 really old? Go on. A player came on for crew called Owen Lunt. And that oh, is Kenny. Oh, it's his no. nephew. It's Kenny Lunt's nephew. <laughs> Kenny Lunt of being good on FM 2005. <laughs> um, by the way, just to say that, like, obviously, I can show something now that makes the uh, that makes the Leeds game. You can see exactly how it went, basically. Uh, hopefully, that is coming up on screen properly. That is the like attacking momentum graph from SofaScore. <laughs> uh, Shout out to Focus on Leeds, whose tweet I'm using for this. Um, it's fair to say Leeds were the better side. <laughs> um, yeah, basically, That's... Leeds just abs- Leeds were miles the better side. Just had all the ball, all of the attacks. I think the first time Harry Christie touched the ball with his hands, I think, was the 89th minute. We were just all of them. But despite picking such a strong team, the truth is, the all of the front four all played pretty badly. Like, I thought Gellart was really poor in this game. <laughs> like, how, how did the front four line up in the end? Because obviously, I think there's about... I think there's several different machinations you could have it was, with those. It was, for the most part, they did all switch around. For the most part, it was Joseph as the striker, Gellart at 10, Perkins right, Monto left. 
but it, they did all move about a fair bit. But like Perkins had a weird day. Like he had a couple of moments of real quality, but the rest of the time just wasn't on it. Joseph was probably the best of them. Uh, Joseph and Nonto both played okay. Gellar had a pretty poor game. They just weren't on it. They weren't sharp at all in the final third. Mm. Uh, best player on pitch will have been was JB again, which keeps happening. Is it JB and Click in midfield? Yeah, Click ran the ran it from like it took him twenty minutes to get going, and then from twenty minutes to half time, he was the best player on the pitch by an absolute mile. But then he sort of dropped off. The mid, like Cody Drama must have put fourteen crosses in. He kept getting in behind down the right-hand side and putting crosses in or crossing the magic box. And it was not even like he was putting in really terrible balls. They just kept getting intercepted at the near post, even the good ones. Mm. And, you know, JB had a... Their keeper made an absolute wonder save to tip one of JB's shots onto the bar. We missed a few really good chances. They just weren't sharp. I reckon they'd have actually won if Crew would have played better. I think it was so easy at times that they just, oh no, we'll score. We don't need to panic. And then the last 10 minutes, we didn't look like scoring because they did start panicking. Because they realised a nil-nil, even if they win the shootout, doesn't matter. Because they would have gone out and goal scored to Tranmere anyway. And then, yeah, the penalty shootout, which was one of the saddest things I've ever seen. Because crew are bottom, no matter what. We are third. No matter what. Both teams are out. No matter what. No one wants to do this penalty shootout. <laughs> uh, their, their player scores first and then Click takes a decent penalty. And then, God, the standard. Like, Christie saves one from them, which was a pretty good save. Then, uh, second penalty is Furpo, who not only puts it wide, but it's so scuffed. It's such a bad penalty. <laughs> um, yeah, his was awful. And then their next player steps up and he smashes it over the bar. Um, and then try to remember the order. Perkins takes a stinker of a penalty. Uh, there's someone else who missed, who's taken an awful one before JB as well. I can't actually remember who it was now. Jamie Shackleton came back just to yeah. miss a penalty like it. <laughs> Uh, got, but the penalties, it, they were, like, you know, there was seven missed penalties in those ten. And that's, only horrendous two of, for, that's horrendous for professional footballers. Yeah. Only two of those were saved. Out of ten penalties, five were off target. Now, I'll give JB one thing. It was a shite penalty. Like, it really was. But one, his was at least on target. And two, the keeper was about two yards off his line. I have no idea. I, I think that the reason that the linesman didn't call it is because the penalty shootout didn't matter and everyone knew it. So he just <laughs> said, oh, let's go home. Because <laughs> he was miles off his line. <laughs> but yeah, we uh, we could have done with Dan James for that game. I think that would have been enough to get us <laughs> through in the Papa John's. Um, it's a shame. I really did want us to get through in that just because I think it's good for the 21s. Mm. I, I still think... For football as a whole, under 21s being in that tournament is a bad thing and should not happen. But since we're absolutely going to do it, we might as well give it a go. Yeah, once you're in it, you might as well give it a go. And we did give it a go, like we picked a strong team. I was dying for I wanted him to pick Furpo because he needs to play. 
and that's the that only way bad. he's gonna. That's the only way he's gonna. Uh, I can't even say he stood out in the ninety minutes either. Like he didn't. It was, it was, it was all attacking. So it was better than normal because he didn't get get one on one defensively. More. <laughs> but it was still not a standout. He played some good long balls late on to Perkins, but crossfield that were well judged. Um. Yeah, it's a shame. But, you know, seeing as we beat Liverpool in the week, I don't think we're going to really mind. Uh, the key now, and the key all season, really, seeing as we played really well against Chelsea and Arsenal, is can we follow up when we're playing someone who isn't that good? Hell no. <laughs> Bournemouth at home, Saturday, three o'clock. Uh, they have had a pretty good start, but they've only got one win in the last six. Uh, two draws, three defeats. And the win was 2-1 against Leicester. And that's Leicester before they beat us and started playing like a decent side again. Yeah, it ter- turns out Leicester are actually one of the better defensive teams over like the last five or six games. Yeah. Turns out that Leicester, you know, that Leicester squad that's got loads of good players in it. Hmm. They can actually play now. Yeah. They're having a weird one. Uh, it's really hard to know what Bournemouth are going to play. I've gone through the last six games and it seems it's a back three or a back four and it does not seem to be based on the formation of the opposition players either. There's a little bit of bias towards if they're playing a stronger team, it's a three, which makes me think a four against us. Also, that gives them a chance to play a 4 2 3 one with wingers and you want wingers against us because that's where we're weak. So I think it'll be 4 2 3 one rather than the like 3 4 2 one that they've been playing sometimes. You, we probably won't be able to tell when they release the team news because it's basically the same players either way. Mm. It's quite Bielsa in that, in that it's no, he moves to there and then they move to there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but even in goal, I don't know, because they've played Neto, that the, the Brazilian keeper, for quite a few games. We've also played Mark Travers in quite a few other games. Uh, Mark Travers... Looked a really good young keeper when I saw him before. I'm sure he still is. But I've watched him play two games of his season. He's been awful in both of them. Yeah, uh, I'm, just, I'm just looking at their at their bench from from the weekend, and I assume they've got like a youth keeper in or someone like that because I don't recognise. Obviously, like uh, yeah, like you said, Travers in goal, and then but there's no Neto. No, it's Cameron Plain, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, he, he might be injured then, uh, yeah. in which case, yeah. Travis. Um, the two centre-backs if it will probably be Chris Mepham and Marcos Sanessi. Uh, if they play a three, they've been moving former Leeds United loanee Adam Smith into a back three. Yeah. Uh, that, that seems to be the most one. Uh, either full-backs or wing-backs, Ryan Fredericks, obviously Adam Smith again because he is a right-back. Marcus Tavernier, who is... More likely because I think it'll be a back four to play on the wing, uh, and that Jordan Zamora, who's the like academy left back, who was the one that stopped Leif Davis playing much last season because mm. he looked pretty good. Uh, when the last time they played a four, I think Fredericks played right back and Adam Smith played left back, but I quite like Zamora from what I've seen, which isn't loads, admittedly. But I think he'll probably play. Um, usually the last few games. The two in a four-two-three-one, uh, Jefferson Lerma, and such a shame about the injuries, Lewis Cook. Yeah, I still think he could have been. He could have had fucking forty-five caps for England by now, if he's 
if his knee wouldn't have gone and stuff. Uh, they, and then they've been playing Philip Billing as like the 10. If they play a five at the back, they sometimes play three mm -hmm. centimetres. And then they just play him as like a flat line. But it's usually those three, the same players. Uh, Ryan Christie can also play there, but he probably won't. Uh, you know, they can play people wide. Tavernier, like I said before, will probably go there. Ryan Christie can go there. They've got a couple of... They've got that Siriki Dembele that was really good at Peterborough. And he hasn't, he hasn't played at all, so I'm guessing he must be injured. Because I know it's a step up, but he'd look really good. Uh, and then as striker options, they could play one or both. And they're both the sort of strikers that Leeds struggle against. Kiefer Moore and Dominic Solanke. They're big. Yeah. Well, Moore struggles just because he is dominant in the air and he will win everything. Solanke is big and physical, but he's also quick and his movement's good. And for years, his finishing wasn't good. And then last year, he scored a shitload of goals. Uh, and he look, he seems to have got his confidence back because he was, he was like nailed on to be England number nine when he was 16, 17. They thought he was absolutely shit out. Was he, did he play up front in that under 17 team that won the World Cup where Lewis Cook was, did he captain him, Lewis Cook? I think Lewis Cook was the captain. Yeah. yeah. Why are we focusing on Dominic, Dominic Solanke here? Well fucking done, Lewis Cook. Yeah. Dragged that team to glory. <laughs> Yeah, when you look like I think that team also had like Phil Foden in and a couple of others. That's all Lewis Cook, mate. Yeah. Um, so yeah, who among their team is particularly worrisome for you? It's Kiefer Moore. It's absolutely Kiefer Moore. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I, I see. I see. You've watched Leeds United before. <laughs> I, I think you might have described him, and I don't know whether this is harsh or not, as having a touch of the Ziggiches about him. Yeah. <laughs> Like, fuck, he's big. It's like the big shot. Ah, oh, Jesus, he fucked up again, but God, he's huge. Um, yeah, like, I mean, he's not hes not a world beater by any stretch, but he's very good at what he does. I mean, he scored twice against Spurs last weekend. Yeah. So you would assume he's going to start this one. Sorry, I'm just, I've, I've got his Wikipedia up here. One, he's six foot five inches. Are you up. about to list some of the clubs he played for early in his career? Because I know roughly what they were, but I don't remember specifically who. Oh, no, I was going to go for his two middle names. Kiefer oh. Roberto Francisco Moore. Nice. Born in Torquay. <laughs> weirdest, weirdest thing. There's no Italian in his family at all. No, it's like the, oh, there's no, <laughs> there's not a personal life section on his Wikipedia. No. You know, By the way, I'm, assu like... I'm, I'm assuming there actually is. I was just saying, <laughs> but yeah, just I mean, fair play to him because he's gone Truro, Dorchester, Yeovil, nice little break over to to Viking, uh, Forest Green, loan to Torquay, Ipswich, loan to Rotherham. Barnsley, Wigan, Cardiff, and now he's a Premier League striker. Yeah. He also has an England C cap. Yeah. I always like when there's a player in the Premier League who's got an England C cap. It doesn't happen very often. No. Fair play. Like, going through his career, like, clearly he's he has been effective to, to a point for a number of teams. For Cardiff, he hit 25 in 64. Hmm. It's not bad for a target, man. 
Yeah. Um, 21 in 51 for Barnsley, 10 in 36 for Wigan. So he, he's like, he's 30 now, but his last sort of four or five years, he's, he's done pretty well. And I can see why, I can see why you would go to a major tournament. I have a, I have a completely unresearched theory that properly tall players, 23 is being 19. Because you've not put the muscle mass on yet to to really use it. Literally, what I'm thinking of is what Peter Crouch were like. Hmm. Like, he was getting sent out on loan to, like, Dulwich Hamlet and the Swedish second division when he was, like, 19, 20. Because he just wasn't there yet. And it took him a while to become really effective. And, yes, that is only two examples and I haven't really thought it through, but that is my theory. And I'm sticking to it. There There is probably logic to it there of, I'm like, yes, I, I know when you're in, when you're clearly off the ability that he is, that you are a good footballer. But the the idea of using, not just using your body like every footballer learns to do, but using your body because you're so much bigger than everyone else. Yeah. Like, it's probably a lot harder to, like, it's that jump from going from playing under 18s where everyone is probably built similar to you to then you come up against a couple of, 28, 30-year-old central defenders who've got the muscle already packed on and know how to knock you about. Yeah. But yeah, and also, you'd probably, up until that age, your coaching is more standardised and you need something different to what your standard striker is doing. You know, if you're learning, you're running behind every single time, that's not going to end up being your game. It might take a couple. Sorry, oh, hang on. Sorry, there's something I clearly missed there. Born in England, Moore played once for their non-league select team in 2016, but was eligible for Wales and China through ancestral affiliations. Ah, I have no idea about the China bit. <laughs> ah, it's the Welsh Pascal Strauch. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, there might be some money in that for him late, late in his career because uh, they've got there's lots of quarters in Chinese football. And if he's eligible, I think that means he can play because they signed that Tyus Browning, didn't they, from uh, Everton for a load of money, whose name is now something different. Hmm. Uh, and they did it with a... Uh... Yeah, there's been a couple of them that they bought just because they were eligible and now they're in the China side. Obviously, he can't play for China because he's played for Wales, but a 35-year-old Kiefer Moore rocking up for one year in China at the end, I wouldn't rule out. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's the one that scares you. If he's on it, but in, just because of the way they play, both Lerma and Billing can cause damage because they're good footballers and have a lot of physical have a lot of physicality. And I could see, as much as I like Locker, I could see him giving him a tough time, like off the ball, especially. Um, I was going to say any changes from the side that beat Liverpool, but just to clue you in, Dallas and Forshaw are still out. Archie Gray will be on the pitch tomorrow, but obviously he's not going to play. And Luis Sinistera is out until after the World Cup. Oh, OK. So, yeah, it will, do. It will most likely be some of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, fair enough. Uh, Sinistera's uh, done something to... It's like, I can't actually remember what Marsh said because I was look, I was looking after my daughter at the time. Uh, but it's basically sort of the thing that it's not the metatarsal, it's like the joint of it. Mm. That is, there's it's some damage with that, and it can be really bad if it ruptures. 
but they don't think it's ruptured. They think it's just torn. Uh, but I'm just hoping that that injury didn't get worse. Because when he got injured in that tackle, we left him on for like half an hour when he was visibly limping the entire time. Yeah. And then he got into another tackle. So I'm really hoping that it wasn't made worse by that because that would be a very annoying... Because the entire crowd was saying, no, sub him. He's clearly not right. So seeing as you now know Sinistera's not fit, any changes from the side of beat Liverpool? No. No. By the way, just from going through the Liverpool game, it because he's not directly involved in anything... It's actually criminal that we never mentioned uh, how good Tyler Adams was in that game. Yeah. You know what? Yeah, we didn't really talk about it because he was absolutely outstanding. Uh, it, the only reason he didn't get man at match is because Melier had just a fucking world the other day. Yeah. Like, like I, I think I think he showed how important he was, especially after being out for from the Fulham game. Yeah. Um, it makes me wonder. I mean, obviously, we didn't play very well against Fulham. But I wonder if we missed Adams a lot more than I realised at the time. Mm. I mean, I think there's certainly an argument to be made that he's he's been our our best signing so far. Because I know we've seen good bits from Sinistera, but he's not really actually played that much mm. so far now. Aronson's had moments, like probably consistently has been. Christensen is growing into the role. Yeah, I still. I still think Rock has been a lot better than he's getting credit for. Mm. The way he plays. And he's more my type of midfielder, so I'll probably notice more. It's, but... it's just a Premier League Luke Murphy, mate. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be happy. Okay, <laughs> say, why are you saying that like that's a bad thing? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I can't see his... I can't see us making any changes now with how it no. went. As as much as it probably still would make sense from a, a fundamental point of view to start Bamford because he presses better. Rodrigo had another decent game. So I must I, I know he got the goal, but um I'd still think that there was a lot of times where like attacking momentum halted a bit because it went to Rodrigo. But yeah, he definitely did enough. I'm fine with him staying in. I would always want Bamford there instead. I just mm. think we play better that way. But it's you can't I you can't really change that team after what they just did. No. Um, so yeah, oh, it's my turn to have also not even had a glance at a bet yet. But uh, what's your prediction, Casey? Um, I, I'm feeling good. Bournemouth have plateaued a bit, haven't they, recently? Well, yeah, the, the two two draws, one win, three defeats is the last six. Yeah. So the... I don't know. There's, actually, I'm looking through that and it's... You know, the, the games they lost are teams they probably should be losing to, but draw with Fulham, nil-nil with Brentford, lost to Southampton... Um, you know, it's so. The, so again, they're a team that we should be getting at here, um, especially at home. Uh, I, I, I very much worry it's going to be a Wolves situation with them, with just get a number of men behind the ball, slow things down, mm. run down the clock. Ref waits till the 88th minute to issue a yellow card for some sort of time wasting. Because I mean, again, if you if you if you've watched any of Leeds, it's 
we don't do well when teams know how to break up a game. No, well, that's what worries me about this game. The same thing that's worried me about all the performances this season. I I think that Bournemouth do try and play a bit. So I'm hoping that in the 15 minutes before they realise they should stop doing that, I'm hoping that we can get... If we get an early goal, I think mm. we'll be fine. But if you don't get an early goal, they will realise... We have, I mean, they've got Kiefer Moore. If they just ping balls at Kiefer Moore all day, it will be difficult. Yeah. I'd like to say Dominic Solanke is is one of those where I think the last time round in the Premier League, like he, he's got, he, he had a quality to him, but you question whether you'd have him as a strike, as you, as like a starting striker week in, week out. He seems to be a bit more well rounded at this point. Yeah, well, at this point, I would love us to have him. Hmm. Um. So, yeah, I I also have not looked at a bet, but I've I've also realised that in all that I never actually made a prediction. But no, I'm you didn't. Gonna get, I've, you know, I really killed two minutes there. Yeah. Um. I'm I'm going to be positive, and I'm going to say we win two 0 Gonna win. Um. <sighs> You know what? I had already written down 1-1. But I'm going for a 2-1 win. I think that... I just think that with a bit of confidence in the team, I think we'll be okay. I, I think that we'll manage to get this one. We really do have to, because for all the credit that he gained last weekend, if we fuck up and lose to Bournemouth, Marsh is all the way back in trouble again. Like, these are the games, really, that are more important. And as for a bet, I have just uh, seen one. I aren't going for some big, massive odds this time. Uh, Melier to make three or more saves. 11 to 10. Because, uh, uh, oh. um, obviously, that includes weak, rubbish saves. And I think that Bournemouth will get three shots on target. Yeah. I don't think that should be odds against uh, in a similar vein to yours, actually, uh, I've got uh, Bournemouth two plus shots on target in each half at five to two. Shots on target in each half, five to two. Oh, I've got that in the sheet. Uh, obviously, we both had us losing against Liverpool, unsurprisingly, so no one got any points there. Um, yeah, uh, oh, fucking stupid notifications. Right. I think that that will do us if we ought to add. No, I think we've covered everything. Uh, I will just check one thing before I go. Is, that... Is anyone uh, no. injured? Yeah. <laughs> no, I was just I was just checking when the under twenty ones next play and in case, but it's Monday. Because uh, I, I I had in my head that it might have been one of the ones that's at the weekend, so it's it's all about whether there's a. Hmm. You know, whether it'll be on or not is whether there's a Monday night game. Yeah. And then we've got the... Uh, uh, which, got there, the... which there isn't, because it's an FA Cup weekend, so it should be on LUTV. And we've got the and then we've got the League Cup after the weekend as well. Oh, is that this... Oh, yeah, that's this midweek, isn't it? Because it's yeah. before Spurs. Yeah. Well, I hope we win that, because we could really use a couple of them. Nah, mate, it's I a distraction. Think... That's what they always tell me. 
Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that will do us for episode 182 at Mike White's podcast. So I've been Jack. See you. I'm in KC. Have a good one. In a bit.